Hello and welcome to Heads Together, which is the Crime Time FM team discussing all things books. This is the first in a monthly magazine series. Uh, I'm Paul Burke and I write about crime fiction. And my colleagues are... Barry Forshaw, editor of Crime Time. Victoria Selman, author of the Zebra McKenzie Criminal Profiler series. Shall I start? Because I think I thought it'd be a good idea if we talked about um, what we've been doing with the podcast and let people have a little idea of where we're at. So um, I do one-to-one interviews with crime authors. I love to talk about books and the inspiration behind books and the issues in crime fiction. I started Crime Time FM in April. Um, and since then, I've spoken to three ex-spies, some groundbreaking British authors, plenty of heavyweights, including Tony Parsons, Peter May. And when earlier this week, I was talking to Jane Tyne and she told me that um, there'll be a Bernie Gunther series coming sometime. Not sure when, but it's going to be there. Great news for Philip Kerr fans. And I've interviewed some upcomers as well, like Tim Glister and uh, Rosalie Connect, who then went on to win an Edgar the week after the interview happened. So. Uh, that was a bit disappointing. Could have got that in. <laughs> but um, we've been through an awful lot of issues. Your, your effect, actually. Is that not the per- in person with Paul effect? <laughs> come on, come on the show, win an Edgar. Well, it's, it's been an awful lot of fun. What about you, Victoria? I've had I've had a lot of fun as well, Paul. It's been one of the highlights of lockdown for me. And and so nice, in fact, that despite lockdown, we're able to effectively still meet up with people over Zoom. So what, what fabulous technology that it's enabling us to do that. Yeah. I've also um, interviewed some some wonderful people. I'm just looking at my list now just to pick up a few names that will be recognisable to everybody who reads crime fiction. So I've had people like Mark Billingham, M.W. Craven, Harriet Tice, C.J. Tudor, Sarah Pimbra, all on the sofa with me, along with many, many more, including um, as well as the, the huge names, rising stars like the wonderful Sarah Saltoon and Joseph Knox, whose uh, story, uh, true crime story, I will be talking about a little bit later on when we discuss our watch list. Yes, right. And um, and on the sofa, what we do, slightly different to you, Paul, is rather than focusing in on one author and one particular book, we um, we discuss general themes and trends within crime fiction. So. Along with authors, I've also got um, industry insider panels. So I've had uh, Miranda Dewess, uh, my mm-hmm. agent, David Headley, and um, Catherine Armstrong coming on. And in due course, we've got some other rather fun shows lined up as well. So stay tuned for those. Yes, you certainly have. Barry? Yeah, well, I realised quite early on that I had these two powerhouses of energy working alongside me, <laughs> called Victoria <laughs> Selman and Paul Burke. And I realised that... I I could carve myself a little niche, which is to talk because I do a lot of Blu-ray extras, crime Blu-rays, and I would just specialize in that area. So not necessarily such starry names, although there are people like Kim Newman, and let you two take care of the heavyweight writers. Although, of course, it doesn't mean that I can interview Paul Burke and Victoria Selman, does it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you could do that. But also, um, you are going to do some specials for us. In fact, you did one with Ace Atkins, so you're going to do some interviews uh, occasionally for us, aren't you? Yes, actually, I'd like to do Laura Lippman because Laura did contact me a couple of years ago and said, Barry, I'm putting you in my next book, um, which was Sunburned at the time. And I said, oh, fine. She said, I'm making you a sleazy lawyer. <laughs> Is that how you see me? And she said, "Well, no, you could be a sleazy lawyer." So I was perfectly happy to be a sleazy lawyer in her. In her, how book. did she go from book reviewer to sleazy lawyer? I want to God know. Knows. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's fair enough, isn't it? So I don't know, uh, Victoria. I expect to be at least a corpse in one of your books. Um, <laughs> With and, and well, then you find out how the, the way you're killed will determine how what Victoria feels about yes. you, won't it? Yes, or what she's written about me in reviews, maybe as well. <laughs> 
Okay, well, let's talk about the watch list then, because this was an idea, basically. I thought that if we could get some critics together to make one recommendation a month and we, you know, just put it out there for people and, and it comes up with, when you ask different critics, you wind up with a great range of choice. So um, we had Laura Wilson, who picked a book called The First Day of Spring by Nancy Tucker, which is new to me. It's a debut. And actually, she said it's the most impressive debut she's read this year. Mm. Maxim Jakubowski chose Widowland by C.J. Carey. And C.J. Carey is Jane Tyne, the author I mentioned earlier, actually, and uh, the widow of um, Philip Kerr. And um, that's an alternative history, a feminist alternative history, and a really gripping read. Sonia van der Westhausen chose. Uh, Ragnar Jonasson's uh, The Girl Who Died, about a, a city girl who goes to a small town and, and to avoid her own problems and winds up uh, meeting a murder. Erin um, Britton chose The Reader's Room by Antoine Lorraine which is a very comic novel. It's a comic novel, but it's a, it's a brilliant read. It's one of those that lifts you. Craig Sisterson, Barry, he chose uh, Laura Littman's Dream Girl, her latest novel, which is um, as much inside the writer's head as it is a story about a man who's uh, on his own and suddenly gets phone calls from a woman claiming to be the character in his book. Also then, uh, that moves us on to you, Barry, um, and Ayo Onotade made the same choice as you, which is, please, which is the Imran Mahmoud's new book, uh, which is the sequel to You Don't Know Me. He was, um, I think, worried, as a lot of authors are, Victoria doesn't have to worry about this, second novel syndrome. Mm. When your first book has hit with a, a bang, mm. uh, and so many authors, I suppose I shouldn't mention any of them, but we all know who they are. Yeah. Their second book just went out there and fluttered a little in the sun mm. and then, like a dying butterfly, Mm. fell to the ground imran has um has really uh well it's a completely different book from his first book which which was written from the perspective of a, a young black defendant and he's shown that he really does have legs mm. what's the title again paul i know what i saw yeah i know what i saw and that's I think interesting he, isn't it taking things in a different direction it's quite a brave thing to do i suppose to sort of go so you know in so much of a different direction when you've you've done so well with your first book have that well, don't you think, Victoria, it's a good idea, though? Yeah. No, I agree. And I was talking to Stu Turton about this, actually, because his strategy is very much, I don't want to be writing the same kind of thing. So, of course, you had the Evelyn Hardcastle was, was one, and now you've got his, mm. his brilliant new book, The Devil in Dark Water. Couldn't be more different. And I said, how, you know, as when you're not creating a brand, so to speak, but readers have certain expectations of you. How does that fit? And he said, well, the expectation I want readers to have is just they'll pick up a book of mine and, and love the story. And it doesn't mean it has to be in the same bracket as the previous one. And I thought that was a really interesting way of looking at it and quite refreshing as well and heartening for, for, for us authors too. When you, like you say, you do have very good, you know, books that have done very well to have then the courage to strike off in a, in a different direction. Well, so you don't want to be, um, just write something like To Kill a Mockingbird and that's it. Right. That's Although, you know what, if you write To Kill a Mockingbird, I think you're laughing. <laughs> That's true. You can afford to relax. How about you, yes. Victoria, then? What about your choice? Well, I've picked for this month a true crime story by the brilliant Joseph Knox, who, again, I interviewed on the sofa. And um, what what a brilliant book. And I think what's so extraordinary about it isn't just the topic itself, which is, you know, it's, you know, it's a sort of a, it's a theme that people have explored, but rather like the Laura Lippmann, where she's playing with the idea of, um the writer's involvement, Joseph actually puts himself into the book, which again, I think is an incredibly brave thing to do, but listening to him talk is mm. also a fascinating, there's a fascinating reason behind it. And I, I don't want to put words in his mouth or to explain it wrongly, but what he said to me, um, and you know, guys, you'll, you'll have a chance to listen to this in due course. It's an episode coming out later in the year, fa fabulous episode on true crime. 
um, that he he felt that currently the biggest threat facing women in our society is the white male. She says, looking <laughs> looking at Paul and Barry on her screen. Um, <laughs> and what he wanted what he wanted to do was to put himself in the book as the white male and and throw a light on it and and his involvement. And to me, that was it, it was an incredible thing to do. And I think you know he just carries it off brilliantly. It's it's a wonderful piece of writing, and it deserves all the accolades it's getting. Yes, he 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 really is the real deal. And both of his mm. books have. And again, going back to second novel syndrome, Joe has. Mm. Triumphed over that, has he not? I mm. knew him in the days as a, when I used to do events, still do events, at Waterstones Piccadilly when he was the book buyer. But he mentioned he was working on something. And I've heard that so often over the years. Mm. Oh, I'm writing a novel. And you think, oh, yes. But he, <laughs> he really has hit the ground running, hasn't he? Paul? Yes. Oh, absolutely. No, I think, I mean, he's one of the ones for me. You look at some British crime fiction and he's really shaking it up. And I love that when you read a novel and mm. you think, wow, this is really, you know, this is upping the game. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah. Um, so my choice is Brazilian Psycho by Joe Thomas. Um, and we've got Joe actually interviewing David Peace. Uh, that's one of the specials we've done, actually, on Crime Time FM. And that's that's a brilliant interview. I'd, I'd urge everybody. That's quite a coup, isn't it? To get to, to get him and David Peace is is quite a coup. Well, I was quite pleased about that, you know, but there's a story behind it, too, because I asked Joe to do this a year ago. And of course, it was just before COVID hit. And he read the book and he did all the questions and he got it all lined up. And then we sent it to Faber and COVID hit. And all of a sudden, um, David Peace wasn't coming across to the UK because he lives in Japan. So we had to shelve it. So I was really, really glad that we started Primetime FM in the meantime. And I was mm. able to make that offer again and we could get the interview up and running. So I was really pleased. Yeah. With that. Yeah. Just a little bit about the book. It's the fourth in a, in a quartet. And it tops and tails the story by going back to the beginning and actually finishing off in the era of Bolsonaro. Very gritty, uh, very noirish kind of thriller. Doesn't uh, doesn't give a very great impression of Brazil, to be honest. But uh, well, neither do the politicians in real life. So we'll. <laughs> um, the other thing I would say, though, is that there is a sort of an influence of David Peace in the style of writing. You know, you can pick mm. up on that. Um, but that's our books for this month. I think in the future we might actually invite some more critics on board and mm. offer people more choice. But. Uh, but for now, anyway, those are books and, and, you know, I think they're all brilliant books and they could all easily be recommended to readers. Yeah. So that takes us on to our next topic, uh, which is the great crime time summer debate, which we're all taking part in with Ioana Tade, with Maxim Jakubowski and Laura Wilson. So there'll be six panelists there. Barry, you're in charge of that. So why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Well, I, I don't know about the phrase herding cats. <laughs> uh, Very flattering, Mr. Forshaw. That's just a metaphor, Victoria. <laughs> so my, my big problem with, with events like that is somebody like Paul is saying something very interesting, or you, but you. you've spoken for three or four minutes and Laura Wilson hasn't said that's not likely with Laura, but nevertheless, <laughs> you have to ensure, and I have done some panels live in which one author essentially obliterated the others. And it's very hard when you're moderating mm. to mm. give everybody a shake of the stick. Mm. And you do have to cut off people when they're making some really valid points. Mm. Because X or Y has not said anything for five minutes. So I'll have a bit of a challenge with you two, at least, won't I, when I... Well, we're very quiet and retiring, Barry. I don't know why people will be difficult. <laughs> I think I learned a little bit of a lesson last time. I, I, I practically gave an essay on, on the first book I spoke about last time. So I won't do that again, I promise. I'll behave. 
Um, it's so difficult though, isn't it, when you love books and we could just talk yes, for hours about any particular title. Yes. yes. But the yeah. thing is, we've got we've got so many things to talk about. I mean, so yeah. many things. Mm. As Maxim Jacobowski has already pointed out, and he's right, we've probably bitten off more than we can chew. But I'd rather it were that than that we yes. didn't have enough topics. So we've not only got these important books to talk about, and a hell of a lot of them, we've yes. got topics we're going to discuss, mm. some of which may have us at each other's throats, Victoria. Well, I very much hope so. It's prime fiction after all. <laughs> Um, there are a couple of points I think I think we should mention that the tickets are limited, so mm. people really need to think about getting in there and getting their tickets. An Eventbrite uh, thing, and certainly, yeah, but so, there are yeah, only about a hundred tickets going, so I think it really is very much grab and get rather than. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and and I mean that I've seen the list of books as as we all have, in fact, of course. Um, and there's some commonality, but there's also an incredible diversity there. So it's going to yes. be a really interesting conversation. Yeah, very much so. So I think that brings us to another topic then that's um harrogate or the theakston's crime writing festival um mm. i'm this is tangential for me because i'm actually doing a panel for the orion incident room um which means i don't get to go to harrogate i just get to do an event beforehand and it gets broadcast during the, the festival but it's about um police procedurals with simon beckett daniel cole and mj arledge um but barry you're actually presenting there so tell us about that Yes, I'm doing uh, one called Napoleons of Crime, which is actually deferred from the last um, ah. uh, the last Harrogate that didn't happen. And I've got some very good writers on. I've got Kaz Tudor. I've got Luca Vesti. And he and I, like Imran Mahmoud, are all from the city of Liverpool. Oh, but yes, of course. Of the, of the three of us, I think Luca would admit he's the one who has the accent. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so really, the, and I'm, I might ask Victoria for your views on this at some point. I thought you were going to uh, say my accent, and then I was going to get worried. <laughs> I've got to but it's not people. Liverpool. No, 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 I was going to say, I thought you wanted me to do a Liverpudlian accent, and, and that would not be good. <laughs> even I can't do one these days. So I think it was uh, Luca Veste said to me, um, you can't, you've been away too long. You've yeah. been away from Liverpool for 30 years. So you cannot do the accident anymore. But I've got to ask uh, the writers involved, um, what makes a good villain? Which is ah, uh, That's my favourite subject. Well, for instance, don't answer now, because I may be doing a panel with you about this sometime, Victoria. Well, that would be fun. Love to. Is there such a thing as evil? Um, or is evil a, is a construct? Is it a way we describe things? Brilliant. And people's favourite villains. So I'll have Mariotti in there, Lecter. Lecter, uh, yes. Count Fosco from The Woman in White, one of the great Thank villains. You. Yeah. So I, th I think the problem will just be, as we said earlier, getting everything done in the, the length of a panel. But Harrogate audiences, as my, my experience, are always very receptive and very lively. So I always yes. enjoy yeah. and then I go to the spa and I clean off all my dead capillaries after the event. <laughs> <laughs> but what a brilliant panel. I mean, you could not have a better subject to discuss, could you? It yes, it's very good, isn't it? Yes. Very much look forward to that. But I'll try to uh, listen to your panel, Paul. All right. Ryan okay, well, I'll let you know when that goes out. Yeah, you got um, some great I, guests, Paul. Yeah, yeah, I'm really, I'm looking forward to it. It should be good. Um, next one, then. And this, this is Barry, well, this is both of you, actually. If we talk about uh, the CWA Daggers, which are coming up as well, Barry, you'll be hosting that. I mean, how many years is it? That's a good question. I think I've been doing it far too long, Paul. I think, <laughs> oh, no. I think, I think it's seven or eight years in a row. So wow. I, think, I think one needs some fresh blood, which is appropriate. In, in this is a rather worrying metaphor we've got running <laughs> through your comments here. <laughs> well, I tend to feel that because, you know, I can do it. Okay, that's fine. But other people can do it as well. 
And I suppose the people who organize it say, well, at least if Barry does it, we don't have to worry. It will go smoothly. But there are other people who can do it as well. I always enjoy it. It's great fun. The hardest part is getting the You're not selling it. The, I mean, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, the hardest part, though, is getting the pronunciations of the foreign names right. I always make a real effort by contacting translators I know, contacting the authors if I know them, contacting contacts at the embassies. Wow. So by the time I'm doing it, I have got that bloody pronunciation correct. Wow, that's impressive stuff. <laughs> it is. And how do you feel about it being online? Um, not so happy because <laughs> when when I do it live, and I hope you'll both be at the next one, so Paul in a dress suit. I don't think I've seen Paul in a dress suit. but No, not had the chance yet, but I I'm should be there. That. I promise you I'll be there. Well, when we finally have our lunch together, Paul, we expect you to dress up for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want, I want you in, in a backless evening gown, Victoria, with... I thought I to say Paul there. <laughs> what? <laughs> you don't want to see me in a backless evening gown. I promise you that much. <laughs> but the problem is that when I do it live, is that I know exactly who's in the room. I know that Orion is yeah. sitting at that table. I know mm. that Laura table so you can to some degree bring the room in and they love that it's such a fun experience i remember when i was at the debut daggers and it was just the best experience you know having that table and yeah the feeling it's there is only one thing wrong with the daggers live though do you know what it is you're not going to say the food because that's pretty good i'm about to say the food were you oh gosh well i i quite liked it there you go (laughs) the last year and it wasn't the fault of the cwa dagger organizers but everybody because i was doing the emceeing would come up to me and say Barry, when, when is our main course going to arrive? I know. As if I was going to leave this in between when I'm not on stage and go into the kitchen and say, can, can you get a move on? Well, that's why you need to refer them to the idea of food for thought. So it's what's going on on stage rather than what's on your plate, I suppose. <laughs> well, I think, I think the, riot, the Riot Act is being read to the, um, to the hotel next year. If it is live, that's if, if lockdown is a memory, Paul. Well, I hope so. Well, let's hope so. Yeah, fingers crossed for that one. Uh, this is also yes. a very personal event for you, though, Victoria, isn't it? Your, it is. It's, your yeah. story, Hunted, from Afraid of the Christmas Lights, is actually up for the award for a uh, short story. Yeah, I'm, I'm very, I'm very honoured. Yeah, the short story dagger. So fingers crossed there. Congratulations. Um, thank yes, you. Thank you so I much. Can't, I can't tell you yet whether you've uh, won because the, the script I've been rehearsing from is redacted. I know, so it's not really much so point us recording now, is there? We should have waited to leave her. <laughs> All those tells I'm trying to read. I've just been... <laughs> so if, if you win, uh, you're going to win gracefully. If you lose, you're going to lose gracefully, Victoria. Never, never, never gracefully. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's lovely. It's wonderful. Very, very much been honored to be nominated. And, and the anthology it's, it's from actually is rather close to my heart as well. It's one I set up during lockdown. It's a charity anthology which uh, raise money for victims of domestic abuse. Um, and actually a number of the other shortlisted um, authors were from that anthology as well. Afraid but of you Christmas got together Night. some very heavyweight names for that. I was very impressed. Yeah, we did. So Val McDermott came aboard, Mark Billingham, mm. um, and Sophie Hannah was on as well, and Harriet Tice. So yeah, we had, it's a wonderful anthology, and we're actually doing another one in October called Afraid of the Shadows, with an equally impressive uh, cast of uh, guest names. So very excited for that yeah. too. Yeah, I look forward to that. So, actually, staying with Victoria, Barry, how about about Victoria's news? Well, I think we like Victoria and we've liked her for, you know, since we've known her. But I think she's about to change. I think she's about (laughs) to become, as as her book is coming from Quirkus, no less, one of the really heavyweight and one of the most serious and respected of crime publishers in Britain, Victoria is going to become a real prima donna. 
when that new book appears. <laughs> you just want me in that backless evening dress, don't you? Strutting around. <laughs> so tell, so tell us, can you yet talk about the book and tell us something about it, Victoria? I can. I can tell you um, it very much taps into my fascination with true crime and the criminal psyche. So so very, um, very much on that line. It's, it's a story actually I wrote during lockdown. So while I was in the middle of homeschooling and helping my kids prepare for the 11 plus, I was also scribbling away at my desk. Um, it's a story, gosh, where do you start? It's always that hard elevator pitch, isn't it? Mm. It's a story about, um, it's told through two different timelines. And it tells a story of Sophie who um, finds out that the man who is effectively a father figure to her might well be a serial killer. And um, But there's a question over whether or not that's true. He goes to prison, which is revealed very early on, so that's not a spoiler. Um, but there's the question over whether or not he's guilty um, mm. remains for 20 years and destroys both her and her mother. Um, and then at the beginning of the book, you have the present day timeline opening with a letter that she receives from the prison um, with this character, Matty, asking to meet her. And I suppose the dramatic question is, uh, will the, the truth set her free or bury her deeper? You've been working on this book with one of the most respected crime editors in the business, Steph Beerworth, as her name is pronounced, or Steph Beerworth, as, as we call it in Britain. Um, has it been a, a smooth process or has there been blood on the floor? <laughs> well, blood on the floor in the book, certainly. Um, Steph's, Steph's fabulous. Um, she she preempted the book um, after I think it was a day of, of reading it. So that was all terribly exciting. And it's just been an absolute joy to work with. She she has such an innate understanding, I think, of what, what I want to achieve with it. Um, and such an enthusiasm, which is um, so wonderful as an author. You know, you have you have your baby. And when somebody takes your baby and just knows how to make it, walk and run and sing it's it's just utterly uplifting so it's been a I delight like to work with that. that's a very good image you might be lucky in the sense that what's the what's do you have a publication date yet i do we're looking at july next year so july next year hopefully fingers crossed we'll be back to normal oh, so you'll be God. able to do well we can only hope launch. <laughs> yes You'll only be, you'll be able to do what other authors have not done for a while, which is do a proper promotional tour for the book. Mm. Oh, wouldn't that be wonderful? That would be terribly exciting. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> but certainly there are proofs going out at the end of the year, and um, you guys will absolutely be getting one. And I'm um, hopefully reviewing it very kindly. <laughs> hint, hint. We look forward to it. If we write bad reviews, Paul, we can do them under pseudonyms, do you think? No, you just won't write bad reviews, <laughs> mister. <laughs> different ones for different publications. No, yeah. no, no. You'll be glowing, I'm sure. <laughs> I hope. Well, that's been brilliant, guys. I, I think we need to uh, wrap it up a bit now. But um, I just want to say, um, well, I can tell you what I've got coming up, and I hope you two will tell us a little bit, and then we'll leave it with that. I'll be interviewing Imran Mahmood, who we talked about earlier, uh, Vasim Khan, and Olivia Kiernan, and they'll all be coming up in the next few weeks. How about you, Barry? So I've got, um, for the Barry's Blu-rays slot, I've just done an interesting writer whose name is Michael McKenzie. He's a very good crime writer, but also mainly, from my point of view, he's an Arrow producer and has done some terrific Blu-rays, uh, both older 1940s film noir and modern Dario Argento films. And at some point, I'm going to be doing Kim Newman, similarly a, you know, an impressive novelist, but with whom I do a lot of Blu-ray commentaries. And I have a new book, uh, but not uh, I haven't even started writing it yet. Ah. It is a biography of Georges Simenon. Really? And um, I'm going to use conversations I've had with his son, John Simenon, 
uh, conversations with his the editor of the new Reissue series of Penguin, Josephine Greywood, and with a lot of his translators, and hopefully have some new things to say about him. I haven't met a crime writer of the old guard who doesn't have a complete set of Simonon on the on their bookshelves. So although he's not read as much as he used to be, I think it's time for him to be read again. Oh, very good. <laughs> Victoria. Me, gosh, I'm looking at my schedule here um, and what a schedule it is, she says modestly. Um, on the sofa with me, I've got Harriet Tice and Sarah Vaughan talking about uh, courtroom dramas coming out on the 29th of June, Harriet 29th, Tice and Sarah, yeah. Sarah Vaughan. So very much looking forward to that. I've also got coming up uh, Alex Michaelides and SJ Watson talking about psychiatrists in crime fiction. Mark Billingham and uh, M.W. Craven talking about series fiction. And a whole lot more. I won't read you my whole list. Let's uh, <laughs> let's save some of it. But suffice it to say, that's, it's, it's that's pretty good. A very impressive lineup, Victoria. Yeah, it yeah, is, it's been it? wonderful to record. Plenty They've been great guests. Look, sorry, Victoria. Plenty for Lots, people. Yeah, to you're right. Lots to look forward to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, everybody, for listening. It's Prime Time FM, and this has been Heads Together.